Press play, curtain of an hour in. It's time to take a spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got on the option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast about theater, pop culture, love, and life in New, New York, York City. City and the world. At the world at large now, Haney. Oh! Um, uh, what's the tea? Uh, you know, it's so funny. Every week, we're now that we're doing this chat show version of drama. <laughs> yes, I think all the time. Oh, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? And then, as we like are getting ready to go ahead and hit record, there's too much to talk about. I know, and we obviously are constantly talking as we're quarantined in this home together. Well, I know, but we could always talk forever. And there's certain things that it's like, oh, we'll save it for the podcast. Wait, I randomly just lost hearing in my right ear, and it's very, <laughs> very fun. <laughs> you know when that happens? I know, I know what you're talking about. It's very like Lost Season 5 when... Oh, wait, this, wait, do we keep talking about this Lost This is the second this? week in a row that Lost is being discussed. Why Why is it that when we're home, I think of like every repressed memory from high school, which includes binging Lost, but remember when the bomb went off? Was that season five finale? Okay, season five finale, the bomb goes off. When Juliet, the spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> ten, ten years later. Ten year old spoiler. The bomb goes off and then Juliet unfortunately doesn't make it. She doesn't. But it, the season, I guess it's season six opens mm-hmm. with <laughs> Kate. Remember she doesn't have hearing and like the, the sound in yeah. the episode is yeah. distorted. That's how I feel right now. I feel as though they did that same effect in 1917. Oh. This past year. Yeah. Oh, I loved that movie. I know. Wait, I've had Oscars on the brain this week. Well, our friends Nick and Sophia recently launched an Oscar podcast. Yes, Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde, which is a brilliant play on words. They got me thinking about something. Okay. And I've actually been thinking about it a lot, which I was going to bring this up later. So what they did with, they they reviewed one movie, Portrait of a Girl on Fire. Lady on Fire? (laughs) Is the girl. This girl girl is on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Little fires everywhere. I know. So they did a review of that and then they just started. Which I didn't listen to yet because I haven't seen the movie. Right. Apparently it's on Hulu now. It is. But they also did a Oscars of the Decade, which has been, which is really cool. And I loved the way that they went about it too. Um, They they had a special guest going on it. If you're a movie buff, I highly recommend going Oscar Wilde. Or if you need it, just like slide into my DMs and I'll let you know what it is. <laughs> Anyone, I'm asking for human interaction in any way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you said that it got you thinking about something. Well, Oscars. that combined with um, another podcast I was listening to, which like we'll get into, but um, last night, like bored, we had just watched something and I put on A Star is Born, which is on HBO Go or HBO, whatever. And we watched the shout, the scene where a star is literally born when the Jackson, scene from the trailer, the scene from the trailer, which is shallow, which I think was the moment of 2019, mm. I think. Um, but it, the movie is not perfect by any means, um, which I loved it when I first saw it, but I was like, wait, we lose Allie's POV about halfway through. Right. So is it really about her or is it about Jackson? And I think at this point it is more so, his story and she just happens to be the star that's born that causes his star to <sighs> fade. That gives me chills. I know. But okay, I was thinking about that scene where, you know, he's like, Oh, come on, I'm gonna sing you a song. And she's nervously off she's stage. Nervous and and Anthony Ramos like, is like yes, smiling and Broadway encouraging Anthony her. Ramos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he like he like plays you know, he finishes shallow and he comes on and they have this magical mm-hmm. musical connection and she's so nervous and they sing together. It is literally incredible. And I haven't watched the mo- scene that scene in a while mm-hmm. and the sound and everything is different than what you would hear on right. like the radio version of shallow yeah. or whatever. Um, 
And Gaga's great. And so is Bradley. Bradley is amazing. It was I was actually paying more attention to him this time because every time she's on screen, my eyes are glued to her. Yeah. She has that star quality, which is why she was the perfect choice for the movie. And I will die on this hill. Um, I mean, no one else could have done it. In 20 years when they reboot the A Star is Born franchise again and with someone else in a different genre of music, people are going to remember this one very fondly. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. Even though... I mean, it's it, modern. It's modern. And I love most of the music. I, my biggest complaint with it just is that it's hypothetically about Allie, but Allie never has a last name and until she becomes Allie Main, I, I suppose. But like, like I said, we lose the character's POV halfway through the movie. So we never actually know how she feels about becoming a star. Do you think that's why Gaga lost out on the Oscar? I do. And that's what I was thinking about. I, I think it, I think that that role could have been in the best supporting actress category. Oh, I don't know. And I think that. she could have won. I don't know about that. I think she could have won. Be- I mean, look at other leading performances that have been supporting Viola Davis and Fences. Right. That was the leading performance. And she had more to do than Gaga had to do in A Star is Born. Right. That was just political. And I, I guess if you're saying if they wanted to put it that way. Right. And there's category fraud all the time with um, films when obviously like when, when there's two leading actresses. Like with Carol. With, that's my go-to. Rooney Mara and Kate Blanchett were they split them even though huh. I think it's kind of it's kind of Rooney Mara's story if wow you, this is really interesting I wonder if there's any any other cases in film history well, where this has happened because I, well, I just can't I don't think there can be an argument that she's not the lead actress she is lead actress Gaga, but I think the, the content the, the content that's given to her could have qualified for supporting like my go to thought here is Viola Davis and Fences, who won for Supporting Actress, yeah. and Alicia Vikander, who won Best Supporting Actress for the Danish for Girl. the Danish Girl, which she's the lead actress in that she movie. Is. Oh, she's so good in that movie. So she's great. But I think Gaga did a great job with her acting in it. And I think, oh my goodness, I mean yes. that was the year of the favorite, where of course there was the three women. Olivia Coleman won Best Lead Actress, and that was the year when she it was kind of an upset that she won well, because everyone was it was Glenn Close's year. But yeah, did you hear Glenn Close is pressuring? filming to begin on the Sunset Boulevard movie. Glenn is saying she's saying she's saying fuck coronavirus. She well she wants to start by the end of the year. <laughs> but honestly like that will be her Oscar no matter what else comes yeah. out and it's it's her time to finally get her Oscar and I feel really good about her getting an Oscar for that movie as opposed to getting a legacy Oscar for what was that movie even called? The Wife? The Wife. The Widow. Which, the okay, wife. so that was the year. Okay, so she was the wife. And then in supporting, you had Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss for The Favorite. The Favorite. And Regina King won. Right. For If Beale Street Could Talk, which a great performance, but I mean, a truly sporting performance, I suppose. It was, know. yeah. It, it fit was. the bill. Um, and then Marina de Tavira for oh, Roma. For Roma. And no Roma. one thought that anyone from Roma was going to get nominated. Yeah. That's right. And I don't know. I, I think like Gaga had, had a great performance, but Jennifer Hudson was supporting for Dream Girls and won the Oscar. And right. I think like if. But Effie is supporting. Effie, it, yeah. Ooh, but was Jennifer Holiday supporting her lead? Good question. That is some Tony trivia. We don't know. But anyway, I think if Gaga had less fillers in her face, which no tea, no shade on the work she's had done. Like, I truly do not care about it. I think she, if she would have been able to emote a little bit more, I think she could have won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress because I do feel like it was a, a gag-worthy um, star turn. And I think, I, I don't know if Regina King had the material in Beale Street. I mean, but this, the featured or supporting category, it, it can be anything. I know. And there was that scene when she go, I forget what country her character goes to. Yeah. Is it somewhere in Mexico? I 
forget. Um, I, just, I just once. did a quick check, and Jennifer Holiday did win for leading actress. For leading actress. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, there's category fraud. Yeah. Who would have thought? You know, it's April, and we're talking about Oscars. I know we're talking about an Oscars from last year. I know, but I have Gaga on the brain because she's truly doing more for our country right now than anyone else is. Yeah, she um, is. She absolutely is. You know, she said, I'm going to delay my album. And then she said, and here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Instead of an advertising and marketing rollout mm-hmm. for Chromatica. And she was serving full businesswoman <laughs> glamour drag. We did talk about this. This whole thing. I mean, we're stuck in a time it's a rehash, right but, now. Um, anyway, love Gaga. I think she's amazing. And I think, why not? Why not give her the, the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for A Star Is Born? Okay. I know. I, this is controversial. This is also the first time you shared this with me. And I just haven't had the time to wrap my head around it. Well... Yeah. So to answer the question, We're moving on from a start. You're point. not well. I'm not well. <laughs> I'm not well at all. I'm not well. I'm about as well as Raven Simone and Keely Williams in their in their oh Instagram. Oh my god! Live. I haven't seen. I don't know the whole story, but I do oh, know that I. The, all I know from it is okay. the clip of Raven softly cackling to herself <laughs> while eating after the live stream ended. <laughs> eating a sandwich. Yeah. She. Raven Simone's a legend. Yes, and she's been in this business for as long as she's been alive. I, I'm pr- okay. This is me like making this up. I'm pretty sure she's the first black leading actress to have her own TV show on Disney Channel. I mean, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. I know she's amazing. She is so funny, and she's great. Oh, especially the physical comedy that she did on that So Raven. Yeah, and now she has Raven's home. Right. Um, which we're all at home now. Yeah. So I think the show is relevant. But okay, so her and Keely Williams decided to hash out. They took to Instagram Live to hash out these years old. <laughs> so was this? Were they just this doing this reunion on Live, or were they actually just j- meeting up again? I don't know if one of them joined the other ones live, but how cracked that they were like, "All right, we have some things to talk about." Because I, th- I think like one of them was talking about the other one on a separate live, and and then Ra- oh, it was Keely was on live with somebody else, and then Raven caught wind of it, and then they hashed it out on Raven's live, and mm-hmm. it is compelling so like, okay so what give, give me the give everyone who hasn't seen it the rundown basically raven just kept saying girl you messy to keely and keely was holding her child and like the split screen raven is making a sandwich and keely is is like holding a crying child who starts crying halfway through and they're basically just talking about um you know kind of where things went wrong and raven felt excluded from the group during the filming of cheetah girls too and just so, the thing, and the Barcelona, the Barcelona one. one, and she reveals that like that's why her and Belinda got close. Like that's what Belinda, she Belinda, who plays as Marie, in Marie Sol. the fifth girl of that movie, <laughs> the fifth girl. Wait, this is all deranged. It's so crazy. And well, there's probably a reason why they weren't close because after the first movie, in between the first and the second movie, if I'm not mistaken, the three of the cheetahs toured together. Wig. With the exception of Raven. Yes, because she was doing her own solo career. Yeah, she had her own solo career and obviously was probably filming more that So Raven at the time. She also had a film probably. career. She did. But so then they got together and then they did this movie on location. Wait, three? Two. two. Three. They did two on location. Does Sheena Girls 2 have a subtitle to it? No, but three, three does. Three is one world. One world. <laughs> <laughs> Where they go to India. And in this live, Raven. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Voc- live vocals. Um, Raven's like, I felt, so, I felt so bummed that I missed out on India. She's like, my whole house is decorated India themed. It's crazy. Me. It's crazy. Raven. I know. But she's low key grown. And there's, there's this insane movement where Raven's like, dude, you got to talk to Adrian. She's like, there's one thing you got to talk to Adrian Balon. Adrian Balon. And then Keely's like, no, no, I will not. Like, I cannot do this. Like, she didn't, my dad died and she didn't come to the funeral. She never called me. And like, then she starts kind of like panicking in a way. And then Raven's like, 
take a deep breath count to five and like you can see what? live, live Keely is like holding her baby like she's also like laying down while holding the camera up, <laughs> and she starts like taking deep breaths and she's like literally listening to Raven being like let it go girl like just move on like and then Raven this is like one of the most cracked parts of it that's not often talked about Raven then tells Keely she's like listen my best friend didn't even invite me to her own wedding and I set her up with who she married and she's like and we still talk we're still chill and I'm thinking to myself what is going on like what's the tea that's this thing about these reunions (laughs) I think that some of these stars should just should have just called up their friend privately and talked doing and then it feels to me like an odd publicity stunt I mean what has Keely Williams done since the movies and then released her ill-fated single spectacular oh my god I'm glad that you remember well Adrian Carnani my Oh, dear, dear, dear friend. The other Adrian. The other Adrian, not Baylon. <laughs> it's like his party trick. If we're at a party or something and we start talking about the Cheetah Girls, he brings up this insanely foul music video that Keely Williams released in an attempt at a solo career. It was with, a flop. I mean, it appears to have been filmed on a Razor phone with oh my gosh. a shoestring budget. And the lyrics are awful. I'm not going to say them on live <laughs> because I know that our parents listen to this podcast and I don't want to say any of the filthy filthy oh my lyrics that they say regardless it is so cracked and raven is low-key grown in some ways well we we've known that because she co-hosted the view she had some wild ass opinions though dylan i, I watched every episode of that season yeah well michelle collins was on it too yes, my favorite legend comedian. honestly a podcast inspiration michelle collins yeah because she was one of the first podcasts that we really latched on to yeah she did the fresh batch and now yeah. she has her own serious xm show um, but one other thing I'll say is it was th- about the shooter girls, which we've been talking about for so long, but it was a formative part of our culture, honestly, in middle school. Yes. In fourth grade, I think we were. Yeah. Oh, I guess it started that young. When we it happened. We were obsessed. Oh, yeah. It sounds like Sabrina Bryan is an unproblematic queen, though, who they've all stayed friends with. She. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And she's had many attempts at being a star with two different botched Oh. <laughs> runs on Dancing with the Stars. I know, and they, she never got the credit she deserved. She was already an amazing dancer, which was, was the issue about that show. And anyways, um, one other thing I'll say is in this Insta Live, which I guess you need to go watch because it's I'm so sure good. it's available on YouTube. Like be, people oh, will rip yeah. these things off and put them on YouTube or any other sites. Um, Ra- Keely is like, well, I guess the movie would have done better if you were in it. And Raven's like, ooh, T, like whatever, like because I guess the movie, the third movie, well, flopped. it was terrible. And um, I don't remember a single song except for the one I sampled earlier i do remember that adrian balon got a solo number in it oh and she was serving but i don't remember the only plot point it. i remember is that one of the characters was haunted by elephants <laughs> yeah i think it's keely williams which honestly felt insensitive considering elephants are a huge part of indian culture oh, no. oh can we please move on we can move on we can move on <laughs> um but i will say the instagram live pretty much ended with raven being like make amends with Adrian so we can be on a carpet together once do the re- do it for the reunion which I was like lol oh. and then um, and then it cuts out and Keely leaves and then this has become a meme right but it's of Raven laughing yes. eating a sandwich being like wow okay <laughs> <laughs> it is so iconic and that is my I'm about as well as that okay. I would say that is a great so, wellness update thank you thank you wow that that <laughs> I needed the context yes for that um, surely cheetah girls incredible what a moment. Wow, what a moment. Ah, that's history. That's history. I'm not well either. Oh, yeah, Don, are you well? I would just say because everything in the world is continuing to kind of look like it's light, it's going to be further, further away till life is restored to normal and what will be normal. But, you know, Broadway is officially pushed to now open like June 7th or 8th, I think it's that week, which would have been the week of when the Tony Awards were going to be. Oh. Which is 
crazy to think about. And which that also means is that Beetlejuice, which was supposed to finish out its run at the Winter Garden and then close and then was going to attempt to reopen somewhere else on Broadway, is now closed. Like, Mm. Beetlejuice is effectively closed. That is so sad. It is sad, especially because, I mean, it was a success story. Yeah, it was. Like, an I don't want to say unexpected, but in in like odd ways. Well, it reminds me of when Adam's Family was on Broadway, and then it like okay. was very much torn apart by critics, and it just never got the footing or any of the Tony nominations that it could have amassed that season. But although Beetlejuice did get a lot of Tony noms, and that's right, and that was drama because some would say that it like kind of slipped in there where Be More Chill would have gotten some nominations. Mm-hmm. Be- Beetlejuice like snuck in yes interesting and I, I it's interesting honestly thinking about it now adam's family and beetlejuice might have a bit of a crossover audience with like that sort of mm. avant-garde kind of spooky type crowd but you know it was it was making money and, and you don't evict a show from a theater when it's making money and we've talked about the eviction stuff for months i mean we talked about it with matt doyle i think i remember back I do in december remember. that was like when we first talked about it but um hopefully it'll find a new theater i really wonder what's going to happen now because many theaters might be open and a show like yeah. Beetlejuice might be able to have that built-in audience right away when Broadway comes back. But that's something that happened. And I would mm. say, um, you know, we've got to keep social distancing and following what the government's telling us to do, at least what Andrew Cuomo's telling us to do. I know. And in Ohio, Governor Mike DeWine and Amy Acton. But uh-huh. in, that, in that way, we're going to be able to get things back to normal and... You know, I hope a vaccine comes. I, we need a vaccine. We need because I'm not going to feel testing. like like every time I leave and go somewhere, I'm never going to not be afraid of getting coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Truly, and this dawned on me recently. Until there's a vaccine, like I'm never yeah. going to like go to the theater and be like, oh, I, I could I could potentially catch corona tonight, or right. like when I'm out at the club or something. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, I wonder if people are going to be wearing gloves all I, day long now. I think they until there's a vaccine, I think they will be. And even after, I think this is going to be a while till we recover. Wow. Oh, it makes me feel crazy. I know. But thank um, goodness we have our health. We have our health and we have lots of things to keep us busy and entertained. Yes, mother. Um, we just released our second quarantine episode with truly a hero, <laughs> Andrew Angel. Feldman, who he is someone who's helping raise money for for BCEFA and for coronavirus efforts through this weekly um, Jackbox thing, yes. which we love Jackbox games. It's something that we do with our cousins on holidays. Yeah. Um, and it's, he gets all the biggest stars. He had one with smash cast members. He had all the Evan Hansen's reunite and do it. Um, oh, and then, Mary kill Evan Hansen. So wait, maybe that's like a Patreon. That's episode. a Patreon. That's a Patreon. <laughs> um, but so he, you know, he's doing so many things and just emerging as like this bright light through all of this. And he sent in his quarantine, which he is just so sweet and so nice. So check that out on our social media channels and also, you know, retweet. Yeah. Let's give, give it some love. Give it love girl. I love him. But so like in this quarantine, we're asking former guests how they're keeping busy. And we actually kind of sent the call to action to our listeners last week to see what types of media and podcasts they're listening to. Yes, because we're curious. Oh, yeah. I mean, we we kind of think that we exist in this community of podcasts, but we don't really know if our listeners are cross-pollinating with other shows and everything. Right, right. Um, so I Dylan, would love to share some of the responses. And this is, Dylan has handled this all himself and he's going to surprise me with this. So this is a cold read of this. So in lieu of a wellness check this week, this is what we're getting. Mm-hmm. Yes, after the after the <laughs> the huge response to the wellness check <laughs> last week. Was it? Um, so Allison and Danny D both listen to Seek Treatment, which is on Forever Dog, and it's yes. an incredible comedy podcast. Um, Adina and Molly listen to Guys Who Like Musicals, which I've heard time and time again that we kind of live in the same 
um, the same vein of theater podcasts as guys who like musicals. It is similar. It is similar because they're just like chill guys talking mm-hmm. theater with their their actors, and they talk about it with pretty much their actor friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's similar, although they're straight. Yes. And so we're, we're the gay version. And this is a drama exclusive, but we're gay. We're both gay. Breaking news. <laughs> Wait, we should we should talk to them about doing a crossover. We totally should. I love them. Guys okay. and gays who like musicals. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my wait, I wanna They're gonna be like they're gonna be like, wait, what was that? Joe Carroll is okay. I'm such a huge fan of his too. And he's <laughs> he's so great. I think they would be down to do it. Adina also said she listens to Broad Wasted, which I used to listen to that a yeah, lot. Yeah, they play like fun games with their guests, drinking games and mm-hmm. things. It's I wonder fun. how they're doing it. I mean, I'm sure they can do it over Zoom now. Yeah, Haley Pachoon is a regular. Our friend of the pod, yes. Haley Pachoon. Um, our dear sister Madelinsky um says that we should listen to Hidden Brain and then also Off Book, which I looked into it, and this is a podcast, which she said we would love this is a podcast um, that is like an improv improvised musical. Oh, that's so Every fun. Um, I wasn't familiar with the hosts, but it looks fun and I'm sure they have fun guests. That too. sounds fun. Yeah. I love improv, um, which we need to talk about SNL actually, but yes. that's sketch. But anyway, yeah, we'll, yeah, move yeah. On. we'll move on. Um, Sydney recommends Unhappy Hour with Matt Belisai. Oh, which okay. is sort of like a like a you drink there the him Matt and his guests drink and they like kind of bitch about things. He loves Harry Styles. And I was gonna say the we I saw, saw him, him at the Harry Styles at, concert. That was like the um what was Harry's first album called or what was his first it was self tour called? Okay, well we went to Radio City and we saw Harry yeah. and we saw Matt Belisai there. That's right. Did we see any other celebs there? We didn't. We didn't. But. You you're confusing it with when you went to the Maggie, Maggie Rogers. Rogers that's right. Literally every celebrity imaginable, and everyone who's ever worked at Soul Cycle on the planet. <laughs> I know, that's right. I saw Ben Platt at the Maggie Rogers. Yeah, concert. didn't you sit near him? Yeah. Okay. Very fun. Yeah. Anyway, had many encounters with Ben Platt. That Patreon up. Yeah, that's also another <laughs> Patreon exclusive. Um, and then our friend Jenna Robinson, who is amazing. Shout out. We we, we listened to many of the same podcasts already. Lost Culturistas, Dragcast with Nina West, and then she also said Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard is fun. Oh yeah, people love him. And then and um, I love his wife. I love Bell. her. And then Inside Trader Joe's, which is a official podcast put out by Trader Joe's. I'm gagged. I know. It sounds like something that we'd love because we are proud Trader Joe's shoppers in New York. I'm a TJ whore. Yeah, we know. Oh, I love all their their desserts, like their little like oh cupcakes, like their their freshly baked chocolate chip cookies are so amazing. They have the good black and white cookies too. Anytime Connor and I have like a watch party for like an awards show, we take a trip to Trader Joe's that day and we like stock up on all the necessary like snacks and, and I know. things for the week. For that, it's so fun. Um, and then. Our dear friend Marissa Mrazinski listens to The Lady Gang, The First Degree, Chicks in the Office, and Showmance. Ooh. All very fun. A wide variety oh, of shows, Oh, Showmance is Glee. That's, um, yes, and they John also Oshkowitz. had former guest Jackie Burns on an They episode. did. Mm-hmm. Okay, they did something interesting. Season one, it was like they, they, let, they would have kind of like duos come on mm-hmm. hypothetically it, it didn't always happen and then now season two I guess is they're recapping every single episode of Glee starting with season one and they have sm- usually they have guests on each episode that's gonna take a long time so long I've listened to a few of them when I'm like interested in the guest um, they spill tea which we could do this a whole other conversation about Glee another mm-hmm. time we should I, I feel like we've actually not really talked about Glee and its impact mm-hmm. on our lives um, on this podcast but there, the cast of Glee was crazy. I mean, there was like twenty, like late teens to mid, like early to mid twenties somethings, all with egos. Glee was the biggest show in the world in its first couple seasons. Huge. They all became stars like 
within a matter of months. But the stories they tell about their like partying and the behind the scenes drama and like fun that they shared is honestly iconic. And it's kind of a gag to hear, you know, all these years later now yeah. because it was so influential in my life. Like the behind the scenes of my favorite episodes, specifically of season one, which I think the first 13 episodes of Glee are just magic. Yeah. Um, they're so good. But Anyway, interesting. That's a good podcast. Yeah, I've I'll, heard. Some I of definitely that. recommend that to people as well because I've listened to some episodes. And then our friend Alex McWhorter, better known as Squirt, recommended my dad wrote a porno, which is like one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Oh, it's been big, yeah. Because I think it was one of those early ones too, and it's about a guy whose dad wrote a, a like a romance novel, an erotica novel, and him and his friends read a chapter every so episode. Fun. I don't know if that's still the format, but. You know, and then Megan Campbell shot our beloved high school choir teacher. Yeah, who's also a huge love. supporter of the podcast. She listens to Young House Love, A Beautiful Mess, and those and stuff you should know. And those are all kind of like improvement and DIY type podcasts. Except oh. stuff you should know. I think that's our any listeners topic. are versatile. And then Office Ladies, which is that podcast with Jenna and Andrea, who were actresses on The Office. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not a part of culture I've ever partaken in. We don't participate in the office culture, but you know if that's your jam, people love we support it. Support you. I know. Just don't rewatch it a hundred times because there's <laughs> plenty of other things out there. So yeah. So if you, if anyone else wants to write in and say what you listen to, that's great. I know none of these people were expecting to be shouted out to, but I just wanted to share some other responses well, right, on here. It's interesting because I think people thought like streaming music and podcasts would go down. And honestly, I think that people are actually starting to listen to things. The first, as quarantine goes oh, on, yeah. they're they're diving deep in. Definitely. I love that. Yeah. A little podcast share. Um, so Bandstand is out and people have watched it. And yes. I, I think I misspoke last week about when the, this like the cast was going to be live tweeting it. They Whatever. did it this past weekend, but it was so fun. Um, and I wanted to sh- another theater shout out. They're going to be streaming. Not, I don't think it's Playbill, but Andrew Lloyd Webber is releasing the Sierra Bogus Ramin Karamlu. I say his name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Phantom of the Opera. It's going to be available. I think this weekend you can watch oh, it. I would love to watch it. She is the voice. She is the angel of music. I think <laughs> iconic I think angel of music. Angel of music. <laughs> the first bit of copy that I ever wrote for 54 Below, Connor helped me collaborate on it and it was a tweet about Sierra Bacchus and it began with <laughs> angel of music or something like that. So sad. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So funny. She's great. I think Julie Weber has also even gone on the record and said that she's like the requisite Christine to him oh. and she's like his favorite. Understandably, she's insanely talented insanely i would love to have her on drama yeah she's been on our list for a long time and she's she's so cool she's like a really like hip and chill person as well hippy dippy i live um so speaking of things that we have been partaking in to keep busy we also watched the live streamed concert from 54 below of the reunion of the search for l woods mtv series which was when back in the summer of 2008 i believe it Mm -hmm. was mtv and collaborated with the producers of Legally Blonde, the musical, to go on a nationwide search to find who would replace Laura Bell Bundy. And this was the perfect pairing because in 2007, they had aired and they'd filmed and aired Legally Blonde, the musical, which I would not be surprised if that was a Ring of Keys moment for a lot of people, maybe even a little bit younger than us. But I mean, it certainly was something that put Broadway into like the national conversation in a way. You're so right. And I, I, I think I've mentioned this on drama before, but Legally Blonde is in my top five favorite musicals. Yes, you talked about it with Nick Rulo. With Nick Rulo, mm-hmm. that, R- Rulo that's right. Um, I just think it's got it all. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's so empowering. It's super fun. I think 
makes I I probably said this, but it stands on its own in relation to the movie as equally iconic. Oh I think. yes. Um, What's the thing about adaptations is if if a movie is that much in the zeitgeist, which I think that like Mean Girls is another example, and honestly a different case study. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. when you're watching the musical version, you're either waiting for all of the the best and iconic moments from the movie, or you're hoping it's just something a little bit different. And I think that Legally Blonde tackled that. Or it went on that line perfectly. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good, and the cast was just perfect. And Laura Bell Bundy is a superstar. And yes. so when remember the girls from the hills hosted, like, I vaguely won? remember that yeah. they were on it, and um, they hosted the the airing, but they were backstage being like being plain TBH. But oh yeah, um, and so then you're right, it was the perfect marriage for them to be like, all right, we'll air this reality show on MTV, mm-hmm. which I can't remember if the Grease reality show had happened yet. It um, did. It did. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe they were inspired by that. But this that was more of that was a competition show yes. that was week to week. This was like all filmed in advance. Yeah. And they assembled this iconic cast of women who are heroes. Oh yes. We gay were, icons. Gay icons. We were obsessed. And they and what's cool is the majority of them did the reunion concert, but the ones who didn't do it all 10 of the main cast the finalists and the judges reunited on a like a zoom call yes with our friend jen sandler who produced the concert concert, and then also comedian tim murray who's an ohioan yes as well and they hosted this reunion conversation and it was so fun we watched i mean it was long the the 54 concert was 90 minutes and it started at 6 30 and then this zoom call went until like 10 30 we watched every second of it it was just like I mean, we were cozy doing like other and things fun, too. just hanging out and doing it. It was so fun. Everyone was there, including controversial, controversial winner, winner Bailey Hanks, mm-hmm. who honestly, it, in real time, made this like confessional yes. apology, guilt, um, shedding of guilt, yeah. to the other girls about like feeling guilty about winning. And I, she was twenty years old when she won, which is insane looking back. Insane, and she was like. She made her Rabbi debut. I think it was a Wednesday matinee. I'll never forget this. It was it was something like and that. And she really worked it out. Well, you know what I'll say is, is that she had fallen out of favor with me because mm-hmm. like a few years after, because she only did Legally Blonde for like four months and then like down the road. closed. Yes. And then she ultimately did like a tour or a regional production of it or something like that. Oh. And she, you know, there was Chick-fil-A Gate where she publicly was posting social media, a picture of her eating Chick-fil-A or enjoying it. And this was, right around the time or right after it was like revealed that Chick-fil-A is donates money to anti-LGBT organizations, which is disgusting and insane. And please don't go to Chick-fil-A if anyone who's listening. I know they that. still do. They still like, do. And everyone's like, no. they changed. But no, they actually didn't. And um, but also low key, like every corporation probably donates to like horrible organizations. True. But true. anyway, anyway, that, that's all to say. And so she kind of like became like a joke in the Broadway community of like oh, uh-huh. the Bailey Hanks of this or don't do that. She ultimately left the business as a hairdresser now. I mean, she's snatched and gorgeous. Wait, and she named her daughter Elle. Elle. <laughs> Iconic. I cracked. think her name is actually something longer and Elle is like a nickname. Is it cracked? It's cracked. I mean, fun. But seeing all the girls on there was just so fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean Lauren Zachran, Rhiannon. Rhiannon Hansen, who we really pushed for. Like, we loved her. Where stands? I think she embodied that spirit, and she ultimately played Margot on the tour. It was so much fun. And it just reminded me, like, that TV show was certainly, like... It was appointment viewing. It was appointment viewing for us. We were in what Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat that summer and we mm-hmm. would when we'd get home from summer theater rehearsals we would immediately 
gather around our TV and with our prehistoric DVR and we would watch whatever the episode was and we'd watch the episode from the week before. I mean, it was so good. Emma Zachs. Yes, who's now a senior master instructor at SoulCycle. Mm-hmm. She was iconic on the live stream too, like getting drunker and drunker as the, mm-hmm. as the night was going on. I mean, I'll never forget. She was, I wouldn't call her a villain on the show by any means, but she certainly had like one of the most dramatic and spiteful exits. Yes. Was when she basically cursed Bailey and Rhiannon as being little girls. She was like, and Bailey... And Lauren and Rand and her little girls. It was iconic, which now we know from the Zoom, they all kind of revealed that the producers twisted everything. And it was and very heavily Took everything out of context. It. But it was still so iconic. And I, her, her storyline was that like she had just quit smoking two weeks before and then had bronchitis. Mm-hmm. And then I remember there was this iconic moment where... Well, I guess it's not, maybe it's not as iconic as I think it is because I don't know the exact detail where they asked her to do something and she was like, I'm not feeling well. Like if I was on Broadway tonight, I would call in my understudy. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, I have bronchitis. It was And we so still quote legendary. that to this day. We'll that, say to each other, I wish I could call in my understudy right now. <laughs> we'll say those things in our common speak. It's, it's great. It was so fun. I'm sure that many listeners also watched that show. Oh, yeah. And also I realized Autumn is an icon. Justice for Autumn Hurlburt. She, sh- she should have won the show honestly and she should have she's just so talented it sounds like she was the mom of the group 100 percent. i mean she had that iconic moment where they wanted everyone to criticize the girls and say who is the worst dancer who is the who's got the least broadway bound body or whatever and autumn took the whole situation into her own hands and did what in the spirit of Al Woods. In the spirit of Al Woods. And they made them all positives of like most improved dancer, most improved everything. Um, I will say we saw Autumn in the national tour of Something Rotten oh. in Cleveland. She played the Kate Rinders role. Yes. Who's Miss Jen on High School Musical, Miss the Jen, musical yeah. series. And Autumn was phenomenal. And she has the comedy. And the whole time I kept thinking, God, like you have a Laura Bell Bundy quality of you. You could have and should have been Elle. I think she has done Elle at some point, she, too. I think she revealed mm-hmm. that. Oh, my God. I loved that show. We should rewatch the reality show That'd now. be fun. I also think, you know, what type of reality show could happen in today's world where they would cast somebody? I think the closest... Oh, because like, it would like have to be Like, if they were to do a with, show today... It would have to be something with a built-in audience like Grease or Legally Blonde did. Right. Because of the, the movies. Now, that's fun. The first one that... First of all, listeners, send in what your ideas would be for what reality show should cast someone. I mean, because I saw this funny tweet where someone was like, wow, well, we're going to need to bring people in to come to Broadway, so we might as well start stunt casting everything. <laughs> um, I, the only thing I could think of is a Mean Girls type situation, because that has a huge audience. Yeah. Who would we want to see? Like, probably Regina. Regina. Mm. I mean, yeah. Katie. I guess it would be... Yeah, they have, they have Sabrina Carpenter in there now. I wonder what's going to happen with a lot of those contracts. I was actually thinking about that too, because mm-hmm. hypothetically, like even for like Moulin Rouge, hypothetically, I'm sure most of them were on a year contract, right. and we'll see if Broadway comes back in July. Yeah. But um, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm. My mind is all over the place right now while I think about what other kind of reality shows could be yeah. out there. Um, please send us in your, what your movie, different ideas. What movies? What movies are being turned into musicals? Even well, Mrs. Doubtfire was supposed to open. Okay, I don't know if. I don't know if that has like the youthful audience that like something no. that search for the next Al Woods has. I don't I mean, know. They could have been like something Kinky Boots related. Well, I don't even know if that has the the impact no. and appeal. I don't know. I, they could do it for Dear Evan. Maybe Dear Evan oh, Hansen. Yeah. Certainly, like casting but, another Evan. Or... Maybe uh, we probably know who's probably going to play Evan, but yeah. Um, I don't know. That's so fun. We'll have to think about it and like mm-hmm. um, come up with something good. I guess our brains are broken in Quar. <laughs> Speaking um, of contracts ending and awards, is this what you were thinking? Yeah. Um, what is going to happen with the Tonys? I 
I, I don't know. My friend Elizabeth texted me and she said that if the Tonys do what the Drama Desk Awards did and they just cut off the eligibility deadline for March 11th, okay. that would mean there's only one original score from a musical that would be nominated. Which one? And that's The Lightning Thief. Oh my God. I know, which I don't think is is necessarily like the flashy score because it's a closed production that anyone would have thought. But it also reminded me that there have been cases in the last couple of years where plays that have had scores can get nominated too. Oh, like Harry Potter. Like Harry Potter. This is not, this is obviously like not the best case scenario, but like I'm, The Inheritance had gorgeous music in it. I don't, I don't oh know my how God, much of that was right. original. I think that could get nominated. Um, you know, I, I know Betrayal used music in it. It did. Um, I can't really think of any off the top of my head right now, but I think that would be a a solution to it. Um, as far as the other new musicals that would be nominated, at this point, it would be Tina, Moulin Rouge, Jagged Little Pill, and gosh, those are the only ones that are oh even God. coming to mind. We're like, forget it. Girl something. from the North Country. And so, and those oh, are it all... opened like right before. Mm-hmm. Six was supposed to open the night Broadway closed oh. down. And that would have been your original score. And I think it's also, is still the favorite to win. Here's the thing. I do not think Tell that me the this thing. season should just be grouped into next season for a ginormous Tony's. I, I hear you, but what is going to actually open in the next year understanding the Broadway Broadway audiences might not be as overly you know as bustling as possible like what's going to take the risk to to open in the midst of um of coronavirus of, of like a, a nation recovering of a of a city movie recovering. adaptations movies so like sing street doubtfire doubtfire i also think you know you have those plays which were with mtc and roundabout that just pushed a mm-hmm. year true so i think that you're going to certainly have those things i mean like with that you already have enough things to fill nominations i just think that like this season is over now yeah it is and so I don't think grouping it in and then like it really puts shows at a disadvantage that opened in 2019 because they're gonna be so far from memory oh so far and like we have enough things and 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 categories to be filled with at this point um I mean I think if the Tonys were to happen like if they cut it off for March mm-hmm. I think as we we're huge proponents of Aaron Tveit for best leading yeah, actor you said it not me because I think well I mean he's your guy but I think he's the choice because he did turn out a great performance yeah um, but I think featured actor would go to Danny Burstein who wrote the most beautiful and compelling Ugh. letter about his struggle with coronavirus it I was shaking and crying reading it um, I know it was, it was gorgeous incredible and, and it, it, I'll, we'll reshare it on the drama pages if anyone wants to read yeah. it um, really? <laughs> yeah we will um, it was of awards okay I know we are today like today so we did get the Luce- Lucille Lortel award nominations came out and I just wanted to call out a couple of come on Lucille <laughs> so these are the awards that recognize excellence in the off-Broadway productions um, 41 shows were available were el- available to be nominated <laughs> eligible Okay. We saw many of like the ones that ended up being nominated, which I feel like we really reinvested in like seeing off-Broadway theater this last year. I love off-Broadway. Me too. And so I love yeah. it. So you know, many we, ne- times. we never went to see off-Broadway shows when we would go with our family mm-hmm. um, on our like iconic family trips in New York. Right. But there are iconic performances, incredible shows that like maybe don't have the budget or the audience to make it to Broadway that mm-hmm. are so great. Um, yeah. Like, and specifically performances, like maybe list some off and I'll the think The splashiest think of show that was nominated was Little Shop of Horrors, which oh. received a bunch of nominations and like for Jonathan Groff and Christian Borle, some of our perennial favorites. Um, Wasn't Ari Groover nominated for She feature? was nominated, yeah, for feature. Do they call it featured or supporting? I don't even know. 
Little Shop got four nominations. The most nominations were seven for A Strange Loop, which we oh, loved. Oh, <gasps> that was last summer, wasn't it? Yeah, last summer. Oh, and wait, also there was a celeb there when we saw it, Jane Krakowski. Yes. Oh, yes. We yeah. saw her in the lobby. We loved that show. Larry Owens was nominated. The director yes. Stephen Brackett was nominated. It was just a brilliant show. I honestly think that it will win many of these awards. Um, and then the the play that was nominated the most was Heroes of the Fourth Turning. Which we didn't see. We didn't, but we discussed it at length with Heath Saunders. Did, that, he make, did that make the cut of the episode? or did who, we... who even knows at this I point? I forget. <laughs> um, but some other of our faves who were nominated, obviously I mentioned Jonathan Groff and Larry Owens, but Joshua Henry was uh, nominated for The Wrong Man, which... <gasps> polarizing Wrong show <laughs> we loved it we Singing had so much fun with it man. it was like one of those breezy like 90 minute yeah. musical adapt it was like a concept album turned musical you know what I loved about that was Travis Wall's choreography which was nominated but that's not the only thing I love about Travis Wall no I mean we love Travis Wall I mean come on is, is he, he my quarantine crush I think he's your week? quarantine crush um, yeah his not his choreography was nominated I think and then, he did the handstand shirt challenge oh probably <laughs> and then um, he's right Obviously, Sierra Renee was nominated Legend. as well. Um, current Elsa. And then our, our pal Jay Armstrong Johnson was nominated uh, for Scotland PA. Now, that was an iconic performance. Mm-hmm. Memorable. Yeah. And he just transforms. Yeah, he's Joaquin so versatile. Phoenix, <laughs> he's so good. And I can't wait to have him on the podcast. Which we will. Mm-hmm. Eventually. And so, and there's just, you know, the whole, the whole list, all the Jay. nominations were great. My biggest observation about the nominations, which okay. the ceremony is going to be on May 3rd. And is it, it's obviously virtual. Online, and there's going to be a host or somebody like that to be announced. I know that like Laura Benanti has done it in the past or something. Oh. It'll be someone fun. I mean, I think everyone's available. <laughs> um, is I noticed that among all of the nominations, most of the shows are, how do I put this, more serious in tone. Mm. Everything nominated was more of a dramatic play or a dramatic revival. Um, even the musicals with the, you know, of the new musicals, which were A Strange Loop, In the Green, Octet, Soft Power, and The Secret Life of Bees. I mean, I don't think any of those are feel-good stories. No. I mean, A Strange Loop had its funny moments, mm-hmm. but... So, you know, I, I know. I, is this where we're at right now? Is the is are people focusing on this more direct contemplative art as opposed to like, you know, Emoji Land was nominated for one award, which I people loved Emoji Land. Loved it and the album was made oh, and everything. I'm so, so sad I didn't see it. Yeah, another one of those situations. So, you know, is this what we're going to see in this new era of theater coming forward? Or are people going to want to see more serious things? I mean, I know for me, I couldn't read any serious books. I needed to read funny memoirs and I, I I find myself wanting to watch comedies and I know last night you were literally like typing in comedy into every yes. like search we have on Apple TV I know I think people are going to want to see things that make them feel good their favorite things like Wicked um, and I think they're going to want to see things that are light and optimistic about the world yeah I do it's like in when post 9-11 happened Hairspray and Mamma Mia were two of the big shows oh no surprise so who knows? No who surprise. knows what we'll see? Um, let's let's start to wrap things up. <gasps> is it time yeah, already? It's time. This the oh the God. sun is beginning to set. Let's talk about what our dose of drama might be for the week. Ooh, I do have one. Okay, spill because I need to think about mine first. Oh, I have one too. Mine, mine. I'll I'll do mine first. Okay, great. It's Lucille Lortel nominated. Oh, okay. This is like fun. This is drama. Okay. A former like love connection, possible lover. Of You're mine. so vague. I don't know how to say this like without without sounding like an idiot. Was nominated. For yes. an award. I'm not going to say who. Okay. It is a man. Okay. 
Um, I know who. That's my dose of trauma. But this I, is, you guys and, like exchanged numbers and talked about the possibility. Okay, of but there was like date. there was like lots of flirting and yes. like all this stuff. That that's my drama, and I'm thinking, <laughs> what could have been? What could have been with us? Could you should reconnect been? with him. I should. We did. We did. We did Love text. in the time of quarantine. Love in the time. Yeah. Oh my God. Wig. My. Anyway, he's so great. great. I, I didn't see him in the show though, but um. Mm-hmm. He deserves. That's my drama. I love that. Juicy. Um, my drama is like legit drama was oh. that there's the Disney on Broadway BCEFA concert that happened. It was the celebrating 25 years of magical Disney on Broadway. And they it was supposed to happen this past Monday night. And then the musicians union said no if we you, you would need to compensate our musicians. And then the Broadway musicians who were participated in it. And there were 79 um musicians involved i'm so sorry there were 79 performers and 15 people in the orchestra okay they all said hey we're gonna this is a that we're donating this this is like a fundraiser like we want to raise money and then the union eventually you know reversed their decision and it's now going to be aired on april 17th so my drama is that they were literally going to withhold this concert from us and like everyone is streaming their concerts everyone is putting out content and the musicians union was really going to be stingy like that and (sighs) they're like that though that's something for another time. Wait, okay, more drama. This is another Drag Race take. Jan deserved to win. Oh yeah, the the Madonna Rusical episode this past week. Yes, which we are like Jan stands. I mean, I, I freaking love Gigi Good, but and she was Madonna. But but if you listen back, Gigi's vocals weren't good. Okay, and Jan's were. Oh yeah, Un- unbelievable. I have that. I have her her line stuck in my head. Though. Singing girl. <laughs> <No. laughs> I'm shy. I'm shy. Oh my god. Um, Dylan's shy today. I am. I'm. I'm. I'm feeling. I'm feeling fine. So. All right. <laughs> Listen back and make sure that you send in yes. any of your um, podcasts, any of your ideas for what a reality show to cast a Broadway star would be. And here's the call of action. And we will post about this on our Twitter and Insta. But in the next week, tweet us, slide into our DMs, email us, and let us know what questions do you have for us related to theater, pop culture, love, and life? Because yes. we, we want to... We want to just like spice it up a little bit. Like, Absolutely. Any questions you have, it could be about our personal lives. It could be about former po- episodes we've done. Yeah. Future things, what we think about pieces of content. Like we're literally here. We're just chatting. Yes. We want to make sure we're delivering the best drama we can. And um, we also have an email address. Very fun. Very like Britney Spears. People are really into emailing right now. Um, <laughs> Everyone's it, been doing emails. And it's at podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And follow me at Connor McDowell. Me at Dylan McDowell. And also, if you haven't given us a five-star rating, please do. You have the time, Also, y'all. give us like a little review. We haven't gotten a review since the beginning of March, and it truly tickles us to see when we get reviews oh, in there. Yes. Um, or if you want to just send us some private thoughts, do it at that email or anything like that. Anything. We're here. We're here. We're working hard to try and make sure that when we come back and when Broadway comes back, we are going to have the best version of drama for everyone. Yes, this so. is a theater-heavy episode. You know I don't hate that. I know you don't. And oddly, A Star is Born. But Meanwhile, I give everyone A Star is Born discourse a year later. Whatever. <laughs> People can rewatch it now in this time. All right, Connor, well, I guess we'll just see you next time. Drama! drama.